Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Adopting the Podcast. As always, I'm so excited to be your host for this journey. I'm Nicole Witt, Executive Director of the Adoption Consultancy, where we guide pre-adoptive parents step-by-step through the adoption journey. In Adopting the Podcast, we're going to focus on the issues, questions, and concerns you have as you get started in your adoption journey. This is for people just considering adoption, brand new to adoption, or very early in the process, who are trying to get their questions answered and figure out their best path forward, how to learn about what to expect, and generally how the process works. Today is the last of three episodes in our series about openness. So to wrap things up, we're going to talk about some of the logistics about how to actually manage openness in those early days, months, and years, especially when things change along the way or don't go exactly as you envisioned that they might. So joining me today for our discussion is Linda Sexton. Linda is an open adoption speaker, author, blogger, and adoptive mom. Despite her successful corporate career, her greatest joy in life is parenting and adopting her two children in 1994 and 1998, both in open arrangements. With little guidance available at that time, she and her husband defined a path to stay in contact with their children's birth parents throughout the children's lives. Her greatest desire is to use her nearly three decades of open adoption experience to help those who are embarking on the same wonderful and sometimes frightening commitment. Linda's book, The Branches We Cherish, An Open Adoption Memoir, has been awarded a gold medal in the Florida Writers' prestigious Royal Palm Literary Awards. It will be launched February 20th, 2024, and it's currently available for pre-order on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Also, 100% of author profits will go towards organizations that support birth parents and adopted persons. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Linda. I know that you have a lot of experience with this topic and a lot of excellent ideas to share with our listeners. So I'm actually going to let you do a lot of the talking today, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Nicole. I am just thrilled to be here today and to be able to share some of my thoughts and experiences on open adoption with your listeners. It's a subject I'm just so passionate about. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, yes, I know you call yourself an open adoption pathfinder. And back in the early 1990s, open adoption was still very new. Can you tell us why you chose that? Yes, absolutely. Nicole, it was just so many years ago now, uh, really almost 30 years ago, when my husband and I decided that we wanted to adopt a child. And at that time, I was 34 years old and my husband was 42 years old. And we went to the traditional adoption agencies and they all rejected us. And they rejected us because they said we were too old to be parents. Wow. That's hard to, that's really hard to believe, but it was true. And I, at that time, we interviewed about seven different agencies and I learned that there was this one agency that just started doing something called open adoption. And we understood that we might be able to qualify if we were willing to do an open adoption. Of course, we had no idea what that meant, but as we learned about it, a couple of things happened. First, it began to make some sense to us to be very transparent and to know the birth parents. And we found out that the birth parents actually choose the adoptive parents and you can maintain contact possibly for life. 
But then what happened right after that, we got very scared. It was a frightening thing. There was a lot of questions that we had, like what happens in the first year, five years, 20 years down the road? Is it going to be awkward to raise your child with the birth parents in the picture? And oh my, if a birth mom comes back and visits her baby, is she going to want that baby back? So we had all of these questions. And our agency had only really been doing open adoptions for three years. They could not answer any of these long-term questions. We pretty much had to learn as we went and make it up as we went along. And what we discovered, though, was that we wanted our children's birth parents in our lives and that it was really good for everybody's emotional health, including our own. Yeah. And that's something that sort of the adoption world as a whole has realized more over time, right? That it's it's really especially good for the children's health. And that over time, and I, I tell my clients this all the time, and I understand that when they're just starting the process, they, they don't believe me and that's fine. But down the road, it's actually usually the adoptive parents that want more contact than, than what the birth parents may necessarily be looking for. Well, that's very true. And we did find that out that over time, we had to work harder at the contact early on when the children were very young. And I want to say really within the first five years, it was it was very mutual in terms of contact. And we did have most of our face-to-face contact within those first five years, although we continued face-to-face contact throughout the growing up years. But we had to work really hard at making that happen. But this idea of why it's so important It's that it's really for the adopted child, the adopted child as the North Star. If you keep them as the North Star and think about what's best for them, that child is a product of nature and nurture. And of course, you as the adoptive parents are doing all of the nurturing, but that child comes with so much of their nature from their adoptive family. And if they don't have an opportunity to see and or to mirror their adoptive family, they can grow up with kind of a big void in their lives. And what we found was by our children being able to connect and see and know their birth families, that really helped their identity as they were growing. And I would say, I think it really helped them grow up whole. Yeah, because I know there's been a lot of research out there that shows that without that information, you know, some of the things that can happen is, is is one, they can have those, those fantasies about their, their birth parents. Right. And, and especially with children with, you know, active imaginations, you know, in some cases, you know, unhealthy fantasies about where they might've come from or who their birth parents were. So it's really helpful for them to have, you know, age appropriately, you know, the, the accurate information, but also, you know, it helps with, with self-esteem and, having those unanswered questions, even ones that may seem so unimportant to to people who haven't really given this a lot of thought, like, where did my nose come from? Or where did my musical ability (laughs) come from? And just to be able to get those seemingly simple questions answered can just make such a huge difference in their lives. It does. Absolutely. And I have seen that. And as my children grew, the ability actually then for the birth parents to sit down and tell the children their story from their point of view and why they made an adoption plan. 
and for my children to actually feel the love from their birth parents and their birth family, it, that made all the difference in the world. And that's why I'm so passionate about open adoption. But it is, it is not easy. And there are things that change over time. Yeah. And I, I think a, a really critical point in an article you recently wrote that people might even not necessarily articulate this or even maybe be aware that they're they're worried about it. But you talked about how sharing love with birth families has never taken away from the love and loyalty that your children feel for you and your husband, which I thought was just so powerful and so important for people to understand. Yeah, that's very true. And I'll even go a step further than to say, yes, it didn't take away from the love they had for us, but it actually brings you closer to your adopted child. And I say this because when you have that spirit of openness and when you're willing to share, if you will, all of that love, it actually draws them closer to you because they know that they can ask you any questions and that you will either answer them honestly. And if you don't know the answer, you will do your best to get the answer. So it's this comfortableness. It's like if you're comfortable with the relationship, then the children will be comfortable with the relationship too. And it really does make a huge difference. And we never did find that it took away anything. I think it really added to our relationship. That's wonderful. In your book, you have a chapter called Change of Plan. Can you tell us about that and how it related to both of your adoptions? Yes. And this is one of the things, particularly if you are new coming into adoption, to expect your plans to change. So for us, during the first six months of the adoption, the adoption agency helped us sit down with the birth parents and make a plan for visitation or contact. And for instance, for our first adoption, my daughter's birth mom, Jenna, wanted just pictures, no visitation. She said, send me pictures twice a year. I don't want any visitation. And we said, okay, that's fine. Well, within the first month after bringing the baby home, we heard from Jenna and she said, I want to visit the <laughs> baby. And, you know, we actually were at first surprised, but... I will tell you, we were also at the same time really happy because we had a fairly long match with Jenna. It was about six months, actually. And we really grew to love her and we wanted to see her. And she did visit. Actually, we met at a restaurant with her and her mom. And the baby was a month old and she held the baby and we had a chance to talk. And we made a plan that day for the next three visits. And that was the start of many visits that we had over a lifetime. But one of the things I wanna say is even though plans change, it's so important to meet the birth mom or the birth dad or the birth grandmother, whoever it is that you're connecting with, kind of meet them where they are and recognize you need to take this one step at a time. You don't know what it's going to look like for a lifetime. So don't worry about making plans for a year or two years or three years. Just say, okay, let's talk about the next three visits. Mm -hmm. uh, and that makes it so much easier, but expect plans to change. That's a really good point, but also how you talked about how you wanted to see her, right? And I think that's also something that 
people who are just starting this process don't realize, you know, that that so many times the the connection they're going to make during the course of the match with the expectant mom and how they truly are going to love her and start thinking of her as extended family, which, you know, she is. And then the idea of never seeing her again suddenly feels very foreign. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I just remember being, like I said, nervous, but more delighted than anything that she wanted to come. And on our second adoption, the birth mom said, look, I do know that I'm going to want to come visit, but I need some time. So I will let you know, I'll call you. And we got home and a week later, the phone rang and she wanted to come and her dad brought her to us. It was a three hour drive. They could drive. And she sat there with us and the baby who was one month old. Now, I will say that, you know, one of the biggest fears is people say, well, if she comes and sees the baby when they're a week old or a month old or six months old, are they going to want that baby back? And, you know, the truth is, is that a birth mom who makes an adoption plan does think very deeply about what they're doing. And when they choose adoption, and particularly when they choose open adoption, and they choose you as a family, and you choose them, that is something that they are committed to, and they're very proud of themselves for it. And just the fact that you will stay in each other's lives is comforting to them, but it's also comforting to you. And again, it's really important to that child as they grow up. So expect plans to change, meet her where she is, recognize that she's likely to be dealing with multiple traumas in her life, not Mm -hmm. just the pregnancy. And so you got to meet her where she is one day at a time. And the change can be for the better, right? People so often fear change because it might lead to a worse situation, but oftentimes change leads to a better situation than what you even imagined, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, another chapter is called Making Time, which I think is a really interesting name for the chapter because people with a a baby and a young child, that's like one of the most largest challenges in their life in general, and certainly one of the challenges of an open adoption. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. So as I uh, kind of looked back on our experience and realized that there became a point in time where if we wanted to keep this open adoption really alive and healthy, that we needed to make it a priority and make time. And one of the things that I was thinking about very early on, I recognized that for our second adoption, particularly, it was both the birth mom and the birth dad who would visit. And they were teenagers when they had the baby and they did break up. They weren't, uh, they weren't a couple, but nevertheless, they would continue to come sometimes alone or sometimes together and almost always with another family member. But one of the things that struck me early on is I recognized that they wanted to come see the baby, but they also wanted to come and see me and my husband. And I hadn't fully appreciated it early on, but 
we had become important role models in their lives. Mm -hmm. And our relationship wasn't just about the baby. It was about our relationship with them and staying in contact with them. And, you know, they were growing and changing and developing into the people they were going to be later in their lives. And we ended up actually having somewhat of an influence on that. So we did find out that we had to make it, we really had to make time to make it happen. Um, We got transferred out of state when the children were one and five years old. So it turned out that we actually had to get on an airplane to see them or they had to get on an airplane to see us. And I am so grateful that we made the time to do that. But I also will say that it wasn't as much about the number of times we visited as it was about the openness we had with each other. So the fact is, and particularly now with social media, my kids are able to stay up with their birth families on social media and sometimes talk that way. And that's been very effective after you have that base of, you know, really knowing and visiting with each other. So the fact is you got to make it a priority. Birth families are your family. And I will admit it took me a little while to really come to that recognition that they are your family. And in a very special way, a way that's not like an aunt Mm -hmm. or somebody else, but they are a birth family and they're as much of your family as anybody else. And as soon as you figure that out and treat them that way, then it gets a lot easier. Right. Yeah. And I just want to circle back to two points that you made. So you were talking about that it wasn't necessarily so much about the the frequency of the visits as much as say the spirit of openness. And also that once you have that basis and have had some in-person interaction, then you can have deeper interaction through other means. Right. And I think that's really important because many of my clients, I would say probably most of my clients adopt from different States than the one in which they live. So they often wonder, you know, why are we even talking about open adoption? Right. How am I possibly going to be able to make that work when I live in a different state? So I I really appreciate um, your perspective on that. And yeah, I want to circle back to the last thing you were just saying as well, in terms of they are your family and it's different from the birth mom saying like, you know, she's like a special aunt. And a lot of people say that to people who are early on in the adoption process, you know, kind of think of her like that. And and I think there's, there's value in that because it's hard to imagine anything else, right? (laughs) Until you've experienced it. So it gives you something. And I also find that When people are looking forward, right? So when people are thinking about how this open adoption might work, a lot of times that's, that's with the fear of what am I going to do if X situation happens or how would I handle, you know, Y situation or whatever. And I think until you have the reality and understand what the relationship is and, and you know, each other as individuals, that can be a good framework for like, thinking about how you might make those decisions, right? So, you know, people have said things like, well, you know, what if there's a substance use issue and then she wants to see the child, how do I handle it? And and I think before they're in that reality talking about, well, think about if it's an aunt that you're close to, how would you handle it with her and handle it the same way, 
Right. So I think that's a good starting point, but I think that's really beautiful that you talk about, you know, but that's not what the relationship is and you will get there, you know, when, when you realize that. So, so I think that's, that's really great. Yeah, that, that really is. And, you know, I read something recently, an article that Lori Holden wrote about Mm -hmm. openness and just to this point, one of the things that she talked about is let's say you are in a situation where you are having trouble the maybe the birth mom is not reliable or she doesn't show up for you know your visits and things like that and you know what is your spirit around that are you thinking things like i can't believe that the birth mom stood us up again you know we're done we just this is just too much right or are you thinking I wonder why she might be unable to show up reliably for these visits. And it gets back to what I believe with many, many of the birth moms and dads is that they're likely dealing with a lot of trauma in their lives. Again, it could be a lot even beyond the the pregnancy. So, So just recognizing that the end result is that you want to stay in contact you know, do what you need to, to keep the doors open and then also keep your child safe. And the other thing is that I really believe that contact with the birth family, we think of it in terms of the birth mom or the birth father, which is wonderful, but it doesn't necessarily have to be just them. Often it might be a birth grandmother or an aunt, or even a sibling. Mm -hmm. So sometimes if you are having trouble with one person, maybe reaching out to a relative of theirs and keeping connected that way is a good way to do it. But it's really this whole spirit of keep the doors open, keep your child safe, but recognize that if they can be in contact with their biological connection, it just helps with their identity. And it's a gift that you're giving to your adopted child. That's a beautiful way to sum it up. And and I think a a perfect spot for us to wrap up. So I I thank you so much for sharing your personal story with us and, and some of the lessons you've learned along the way. I think they're super valuable for people just beginning this process. Before we close, is there anything you want to tell our listeners about how they can find you or anything that you've got coming up besides, of course, your book launch in February? Yes. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, I am very excited about the book launch in February. And the best way for your listeners to get hold of me is actually to go to my website, which is lindarsexton.com, L-I-N-D-A-R-S-E-X-T-O-N.com. And please uh, sign up. I do some blogging and I've got little stories out there throughout the, you know, throughout our experience. I would love for you to be in contact with me. Wonderful. Thank you again so much. And of course, listeners, most of all, I'd like to thank you for tuning into this episode as well as to our entire series on open adoption. I hope you've heard something today that that gave you a new or a deeper perspective on openness as you consider the adoption journey you would like to take. So take care and I'll catch you next time.